everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Austin Common Radio Hour. I'm your host, Amy Stansberry, and uh, wow, there is a lot going on right now. As I record this, it's the morning after a mob broke into our nation's Capitol building, disrupting Congress's vote, certifying the results of one of the most consequential elections of our time. In times like these, it can feel really easy to get lost in all the noise. There's a lot of important news coverage and political speeches being made about all of this, but sometimes the tendency is for us to feel overwhelmed and to simply withdraw. It's a completely understandable response, but it also doesn't achieve that much. So today I thought it might be helpful to focus on one clear way that you really can help to improve our democratic system. And that's by joining a city of Austin board or commission. Of course, this is far from the only way for you to get involved, but it is one clear path for you to consider. So what the heck is a board or commission? Here in Austin, our city has dozens of boards and commissions that essentially serve as advisory groups to city council. They're made up of regular Austin residents who volunteer their time to share their expertise, knowledge, and passion on a variety of different topics, including the environment, parks, food, music, the arts, public safety, recycling, the list goes on and on. If there's an issue you care about, chances are there's a City of Austin Border Commission that's dedicated to it. Now, on its face, the term Board and Commission doesn't sound all that exciting, but they do play a really vital role in our local democratic system, helping to originate and kickstart some of the city's boldest and most exciting policy initiatives, and acting as an important conduit between city council and the general public. In other words, if you're looking for a way for your voice to be heard, serving as a member of a Board or Commission could be just the thing for you. Now, if you're wondering what a local board has to do with what we saw this week at the National Congress, just know this. Uh, many of the people who serve on our city's boards and commissions eventually become city council members, and city council members can one day become our state legislators and congresspeople. Local governments make up the building blocks of our democracy, and they're a great place to begin your civic engagement journey. Okay, so on today's show, we're going to hear from two current City of Austin Board and Commission members, Pooja Sethi and Rocky Lane. These people are the real heroes of our local government system. They care deeply about our community and volunteer their time month after month, working to make Austin a better place to live. If you ever have the privilege of meeting one of our city's Board and Commission members, please say thank you. They're amazing and doing a lot of volunteer work. Okay. So Pooja and Rocky are going to share with us some firsthand accounts of what it's actually like to serve as a board and commission member. And then after that, we'll hear briefly from council member Leslie Poole, who currently represents District 7 in Central Austin and was just sworn in for another term on council. She'll share with us the importance of boards and commissions from her perspective, explaining the many ways that council relies on them. All right, so first up, we're going to be talking to Pooja Sethi. Pooja currently serves on the Asian American Quality of Life Advisory Commission and has served on the Office of Police Oversight Advisory Committee and the Climate Equity Plan Steering Committee. For her day job, she's an immigration attorney. All right, let's give that a listen. All right, I'm here with Pooja and we are talking all about boards and commissions. Um, I'm really excited to have you here today um, and give folks a little bit of perspective as to one, what a board and commission even is and does, but two, what it's like to actually serve as a member. So thank you for taking the time. 
Thank you. Thanks, Amy, for having me here. Um, this is literally one of my favorite things to talk about. So I am very excited about this. Yeah, that's awesome. So so let's like jump into it. Um, border Commission, when you tell people, I'm sure your friends, family might ask you um, while you're going to all these meetings all the time, what do you say? What does a Border Commission do in the city of Austin, just generally? Of course. So I am on the Asian American Quality of Life Advisory Commission. So when they ask me, um, a lot of times I get asked, um, are you on city council? Are you a, a Travis County commissioner? What do you do? So I say that we are the liaison between city council members and the Asian American community in Austin. So if they have anything that they want to talk about um, that affects the community to come to us and we want to hear it and we want to bring up these issues and possibly resolutions and policies that we can bring to city council to um, really help and in, in create a big, bigger impact and make sure that our community has a voice. Yeah, I like that term liaison. You know, I think that the way I like to think of boards and commissions is, you know, they are made up of just members of our community. And so they are kind of supposed to serve as a bit of a conduit, right, between um, the rest of us <laughs> and city council. Exactly. I mean, city council, um, can only hit so many members, right? And and can only talk to so much of the community. So I love that the city of Austin has all these boards and commissions that really do hit so many aspects of our community. And at least on our commission, we also have committees under that where we also add on people from the public, which I'll talk a little bit more about later, but people from the public to join our committees so that we're really getting into as much of the community and on the ground as much in Austin as possible to make sure that everybody has a voice. Yeah. And so you mentioned you serve on the Asian American Quality of Life Commission. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what what that means and kind of the, the issues that you focus on or maybe give an example of something you all have been working on in the past year? Sure. So um, a couple things that we worked on. One I'm really proud of is when the city of Austin was going to go into the lawsuit um, against the state of Texas about sanctuary cities and creating a sanctuary city with Austin. We put out a resolution in support of our city to um, help fight that. And, you know, we've done a lot of resolutions around policing or public health. One thing that we're currently working on is um, working with Austin Public Health to make sure that the Asian community has education, information, and access to the vaccines, the COVID vaccines that are happening. I'm the head of the policing project for the city, for the Asian American Quality of Life Commission. And so we're trying to make sure, and we're trying to figure out what policing looks like in the future of the city of Austin and how the Asian community, one, um, understands the actions that the city took on the police within our city, and two, um, listen to the Asian community as to what we need and make sure that the Asian community is being heard as we move forward on law enforcement and what that looks like in our city. Yeah, that's a big job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it, it speaks a bit to this thing of, you know, it, it can be hard for the city to communicate effectively with everyone who lives here. Um, obviously, there are, you know, some structural and institutional things that could change, but also it's just like, a bit of a fact of the matter that when you have this large bureaucratic institution, like they don't know everyone in the community. Um, and it seems like in this role, you're kind of helping to, yeah, to be that bridge again and, and think of different ways to communicate with 
your neighbors and community members. Is that accurate or? It's absolutely accurate. I mean, one thing that we always push for in the Asian commission is um, translation, making sure things are translated so that our community understands it and has access to access to all the same services, city services that are provided to the community as a whole. Another thing I really loved that we did this summer was we had um, not put in any budget increases because we have our own budgetary requests. And we had not put any budget increases because we said that we want to join with the African-American Commission and the Hispanic Commission and their needs around COVID and COVID research and what's going on in the inequities in our city around the pandemic. And so we asked that the budget that we would have um, normally requested go towards that research. So it's also a great opportunity to bring communities together and really work with other commissions and make sure that we're all um, working towards the same goal. Yeah. And you, you know, it also speaks to, I guess, another key function of most boards of commissions is which is that you play a role in our city's budget. And, you know, for a lot of folks, perhaps this summer was the first time they really got engaged in that process, but the city budget process starts months before even the summer and that's boards and commissions. You're able to give advice and recommendations to city council and start to shape some of those initial ideas, right? Yeah. So some of the really fun things that we've been able to do with the budget is, um, so we got senior vans for the Asian American Resource Center to go pick up some seniors from their neighborhoods and um, they can apply for it, get picked up and be able to be taken to some of the events happening around the city. We've also in the past gotten some vaccines some more vaccines, some funding for vaccines, for flu vaccines for the Asian community. And we've gotten things towards mental health, towards um, survivors of domestic violence and assault. It's, it's been, you know, we do have a say and it's really exciting when it comes to fruition because we really get to see that we, we truly are helping people. Um, I love it because it's a way that everyone can get involved and everyone can have a say and truly see the impact of the work and that's happening in our city. Yeah, and I wanna give people a little more context for some of that work. You you talked about that you're served on the Asian American Quality of Life Commission, um, but you've served on a few other kind of boards and commission roles in the city. Maybe we can touch on them so people can get a, a deeper understanding of all the different kind of topics and issues that you can get engaged on. So you were also involved in the police oversight. Tell, tell me what it is. I always get the names jumbled up. Of course, it's the Office of Police Oversight. Um, I was on the task force for a year. So they went ahead and um, decided to revamp what the police oversight looks like and then had created a task force. So um, I was on that task force for a year and I loved it because I realized that when I went to speak to a lot of my family or friends here in the city that I was on the police oversight, a lot of people didn't understand what that meant. A lot of people were were saying, oh, it's, is it the police? And I said, no, this is a completely separate department. It's, it's something that if you get pulled over by a police officer for a traffic stop, for example, um, you get to anonymously go to the Office of Police Oversight and, and state how that experience went, whether good or bad. And um, it's, there's no, you know, a lot of people get scared because they feel like, you know, they're going to be punished for complaining, but that's not true. It's, it's very... It, the anonymity of it is is very high. And the part that I really love is the Office of Police Oversight, I would say has one of the best translation um, websites, translated websites that I have seen in a very long time. 
And we were able to actually get a lot of people from the Asian community into a room and talk to OPO, the Office of Police Oversight, to talk about the needs and the needs and wants. And one of my big goals with the Office of Police Oversight was one around the immigrant community and making sure that immigrants had a say when it came to policing and were able to um, call up OPO if they had an issue. And then another one was around um, a woman who faced domestic violence because we realized that a lot of people, a lot of women, um, especially in my experience in the Asian community, were very scared to call the police when there was incidents of violence at home. And so we really worked hard with OPO to figure out how to access the community and make people feel comfortable to, to um, talk about their experiences with the police when, when that happened. Yeah, and so it seems to me, you know, that a lot of this work that's done with these task forces and boards and commissions is, you know, perhaps if you're someone who is frustrated with the way government is currently being run or feel like certain issues or matter or people are being ignored, this is a place to to raise those issues and, and start to inject some of that thought into our our systems. Right? Is that Yeah, and I don't um I agree with you. I, you know, not just frustrated. <laughs> right. Beyond yeah, yeah. frustrated. Beyond frustration. <laughs> um, I think you're right. I think it's a great way to have a voice and it doesn't just have to be, I mean, the things that I've joined are things that I have a re- really high interest in, but there's also so much that our city does around arts and culture and, you know, our music venues or land development code or environment. I mean, you know, whatever your interests are, I promise you there is a commission in this city to cover it. And so I really highly recommend that everyone um, goes to the city of Austin website and checks it out. And you don't even have to be on a border commission. I mean, I, I love being on a border commission and I would encourage everyone to be on, but um, you don't have to be a part of a border commission in order to have a voice, right? You can attend any border commission meeting. You can go online and attend any meeting that you want and speak under citizen communication. And we wanna hear from people. We wanna hear from you. We want you to join our committees. I mean, I think that's one of the most exciting things for us. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. You know, I I talk to a lot of folks that maybe are on the fence about joining a border commission or interested, but don't really feel like they are, knowledgeable enough yet, or, you know, they're still kind of young and and learning and and maybe don't feel quite comfortable, even though I encourage people to, um, to remove some of those barriers in your mind. But, you know, if they're just trying to learn, like you said, they don't have, you don't have to join officially as a commission member, but talk a little bit more about what are some good ways for people to engage if they really haven't in in the past. So they could go on the city's website and figure out like, when the next meetings are, like what what does the engagement process really look like for just like an average resident? Um, So right now it's a little bit different because of COVID, but so for example, we have our commission meetings on the third Tuesday evenings um, over, over Zoom and people sign up on the city on the city website and then um, they go from there and you can sign up for citizen communication and have up to three minutes to speak about anything that you want. Um, If you want more than that, you can always email the head of the commission and say that you have something you want to talk about. Or if you want to speak to an agenda item, you can speak in relation to that. I also really encourage people that if they really do want to join a border commission, but there's something that's stopping them, I would really encourage that they speak to the head, the um, commission's chair um, about it. Because if it's something along the lines, and this is something I'm very passionate about, 
if you, let's say, have children and you can't get down to City Hall on a third Tuesday at 5.30, trust me, I understand. It, it's some, I, I've, I've struggled myself some months when my husband's working and we have to find a sitter. Um, those are things we need to hear about because I think that is how we make change, right? That's how we can push to make sure that everybody who wants to get involved has an opportunity to get involved. Yeah, that's great. And, and it also seems like perhaps for folks that have not spoken in front of city council before or are first time speakers that may be speaking in front of a border commission is a little bit of a softer place to land or, um, you know, try out those. I know sometimes, especially in person, the public speaking can be very anxiety producing for folks. Um, but at the border commission meetings, they're a little smaller um, and you should be surrounded by people who, you know, are passionate about the, the topics you're passionate about as well, right? Exactly. Um, and it's, it's like I, like you said, it's a very friendly room. It's a smaller room. And we almost had, never have an audience <laughs> because a lot of people <laughs> don't show up. So please join us and show up. And, and we, we're there to listen. Um, yeah, you mentioned time commitment. And I want to talk a little bit about that because that might be another decision-making factor for folks. Um, what is the time commitment on serving on these boards of commissions? And and you kind of touched on it, but maybe a little bit of your own experience juggling that. You mentioned your, your parent, right? That can be a difficult challenge, I'm sure. Um, so there is a time commitment. It's about at least... So at minimum, it's about three hours a month to get to the meeting. Um, in our commission itself, we're a pretty big commission. We have a lot of things on the docket that we want to get done. Um, so we ask people to join a committee, and that committee is about one or two extra hours, probably on the weekend of, um, of the month. And then it, after that, it's whatever you want to take on. So a lot of people do get concerned about time commitment. I agree. Um but again, if it's things you're passionate about and you really want to fight for, then, then I think that you'll see that the time doesn't go by very quickly. But, you know, you made a really good point about attending a commission meeting to see how much you really love it before joining, because there is a time commitment. And, you know, we don't want, um, and I'm sure you wouldn't, nobody would want to join something and then realize it's not for them, right? So I would absolutely encourage people, but, but find your passion, find what you care about, and then go to that board or commission to see how much you really love it and speak to people um, at the commission to ask about their time commitment, because I do think it varies per commission. Yeah. And then as far as kind of, you know, how did you get to this point in order to be serving on these? You know, I know there is obviously like a a technical application process, but, or a formal application process, but what else have you done, you know, uh, in the community that you felt like, oh, now I'm ready to apply or a little bit more about your, your background and then how you kind of got onto this, you know, your first border commission service. Yeah. You know, it was so long ago. Um, I was trying to remember actually because <laughs> I started this in 2015, but I will say that when I, I first moved to Austin years ago, I started um, a nonprofit South Asian Austin moms, and it was to give mothers a voice, especially stay at home moms, because I realized there wasn't a lot of advocacy um, for the mom, especially the stay at home mom or the mom who's trying to get back into the workforce. So we started that and I realized that there was still more work to be done. And one thing that I was fighting for and I'm still fighting for is to make sure that um, 
Diwali, the, the Hindu, um, it's, it's an Indian, it's like a big Indian festival. Um, the festival of Diwali, which gets celebrated by so many cities around the country is not celebrated at, at the city of Austin. So that's kind of how I got involved with the city is why, why does New York, San Antonio, Houston all have like a city of Houston Diwali, but we don't have one here in Austin. So that was kind of what precipitated me to get involved. And then I saw that we had this Asian commission and I said, oh, and so I, I started going to the meetings and I said, I want to be a part of this. Um, but for me, it was just that, that one, that one thing that kind of pivoted me towards city government. And, you know, after seeing the kind of impact we, we had, we could make, it really made me want to do more. Um, I never imagined years ago that I would even have um, a, a, the tiniest impact in our government. And seeing it, it's a, for me, it's a little addictive. I mean, I, I love having that impact and seeing people have access to certain things that they wouldn't have had before. So um, yeah, just it's, it, it took one thing for me to want to get into that. And I think for everyone on our board and commission, it's just that one passion, that one, that one requirement, that one desire to make to change one thing in our city that made them um, want to join and, and fight for everybody. Yeah, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about the impact. You know, I think that for so many people right now, there is a feeling, again, of like, is there anything I can do that matters? And there are so many issues and, and problems in the world. Um, why do you feel like boards and commissions are important or that, you know, serving on these has been, you know, worth your, worth your time? Um, so I'll give an example. We were in the process before COVID hit on the expansion of the Asian American Resource Center. And um, we were set to go. And then some artists decided, some artists said that um, this isn't going in the way that we want it to go. And they all came and spoke. And we were about to approve the um, Asian American Resource Center the way it was. And when the artists came and spoke and they said, look, we need better performance spaces, um, we need better performance spaces and we don't have access to them right now. And it made us say that we are not going to approve this right now. We really need to look at the plan some more in order to approve it. And I will say the Asian American Resource Center is a big deal for the Quality of Life Commission, the Asian American Quality of Life Commission, because city council really does look towards the commission for approval. Um, they say, if you guys don't approve it, we're going to have a hard time approving it. So city, city council does call on us about certain issues around the Asian community and says, what do you think of this? How do you, you know, what do you think? Should we push forward on this? How does this affect the community? So when we hear from, from community members and more and more people um, within the Asian community about how certain issue affects them, of course it has an impact. It, it, it's, it's a domino effect, right? It changes the way that we think about, think about things and then we can go back to city council and it changes the way they think about things. So every single person in this city has an impact or a voice. And I, I can't stress more that we really want to hear from people um, when we do this. We have a um, budget town hall coming up. We have started in the past three years. I was really happy to like be a part of the first one where we started these town halls where we meet with the community and we ask, um, what are your budget priorities? What do you care about? And we were very surprised that mental health um, three years ago was the number one thing. We thought it would be land development use or um, transportation, but it was mental health. It was mental health in the Asian community. So it really changed the way that we started thinking about how we wanna prioritize budgets. And um, it let us go back to city council and say, our community really cares about funding and the mental, you know, funding of mental health and how it affects our community. So um, yes, everyone has a say and everyone um, should step up because 
every voice I think really matters. It's important. Yeah. And when it comes to something like that community center, that's something I suppose, you know, that Austinites will hopefully enjoy for generations to come. And, you know, that's, that's quite a lasting impact. I think about that a lot when I just enjoy, you know, any aspect of Austin that I like, you know, a park that I like or whatever it might be and think, oh, somebody before me probably fought to make sure this was here. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, you know, these are all, we're all volunteers, right? We're all volunteers on the commission and on the committees. And um, so that we really care about what the community says. Um, so I want everyone to feel comfortable to come speak to us because we are literally um, here because we want to, we want to, we want to bring a stronger voice um, heard into our city. So I, you know, um, yeah, I'm really excited you're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <keep> <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just one of these things that, and I'm sure you see it too. It's like these boards and commissions sometimes can, you know, um, they're not really public sometimes or not, you know, they don't feel, um, as public and, uh, sometimes they, you know, the members are just kind of sometimes can be the same old people have served for a long time or they kind of get recycled around. And I think there's a lot of space for more people to be engaged in the, in the process. Um, yeah, I like there's a lot of opportunity there. No, I agree. And I want to know, I mean, I'm an attorney. Um, I go to San Antonio in federal court and fight. And I still remember my very first commission meeting back in January or February of 2016. I listened to everybody and they spoke about budget and all these things. And I did not, I, I, I felt so out of water. I, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing, what I was talking about. And I just, it's so I, I don't want um, people to come to the meetings or even come to their first meeting and feel like they don't belong there because you will learn it's a very fast learning curve. And we all understand because everyone, every single person sitting at that board and commission meeting has gone through that. So it may sound um, like we don't know what's going on or, or difficult to understand. And but trust me, we, we've all been there. So so show up and um, we're there to, to help because uh, we've all been there. Yeah. And, and we've kind of touched on this, but just to, to summarize a bit, you know, what, what advice would you share to, to folks out there that are kind of on the fence or, or thinking about joining a border commission, um, but aren't quite sure? Um, so again, join a commission meeting. Um, what's great is they're all on Zoom now, so we don't even have to leave our houses. And I think this is truly the best time to join because you can watch it all online. I would also um, see what openings there are and then call my local city council person um, in whatever district that we are and um, ask them, ask them if, if they can appoint you because that's how a lot of commission appointments happen. Um, and in, you know, like I said, on the Asian commission space, um, we have committees. So anyone can join the committees and it is such a great way to start, um, start the commission you know, start to see if, if, if being on a commission or a board is right for you. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your service. I know it's a lot of work to do these things. And like we said, it does matter. So thank you. Thank you. I love reading, um, the Austin common and listening to podcasts. You guys are, are great about the civic engagement. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Wow, so many great words of inspiration from Pooja Sethi. Now we're going to listen in on an interview I recorded with another City of Austin Board and Commission member, Rocky Lane. 
Rocky serves on the Public Safety Commission as well as the HIV Planning Council. He also serves on the board of the Transgender Education Network of Texas and is a grassroots community organizer with Austin Black Pride and the newly formed Black Trans Leadership of Austin or the BTLA. He's also a former city of Austin paramedic. All right, let's give that a listen. All right, so I am here with Rocky Lane, um, uh, one of our city's Board of Commission members. And uh, today we're doing, again, another one of our like Civics 101 kind of episodes and teaching people a little bit more about how our city government works. Uh, so Rocky, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, today, so you uh, serve on um, two of our city's like border and commissions is the overall title for them. Um, but I think for a lot of folks, they have no idea that these that these things exist and they're actually a pretty powerful way to engage um, in our government system. So, so when you describe to people, when you're talking to your friends or family, what do you say like a board of commission does in the city of Austin? Oh, well, I'm fairly new to it, but what I say is uh, for the Public Safety Commission, I'm kind of like a citizen advisory board for uh, those departments that that, that uh, commission is over. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the commission is over. And uh, for the council, I'm playing an advisory board uh, position, but more uh, in a non-voting capacity. Yeah. And so you serve on two of these boards or commissions. So you said the Public Safety Commission is one. And let's start with that one. What does the Public Safety Commission do? That commission is largely over public safety, specifically through the departments of EMS, fire, and APD. Uh, We talk a lot about their budgets and some of the things that resources they might need, especially during COVID right now. That's a big conversation. We also get updates from other uh, bodies and departments on other items of public safety. So that's a lot of things around the reimagining public safety concepts and things like that. How long have you served on that uh, commission? I'm a, I'm a COVID uh, uh, person. So that means I got, I got sworn in during COVID. So I've only been in for less than a year. Wow. But it's been an, an exciting time to be on that commission. It's been a busy uh, year. <laughs> it, yeah, it's definitely a trial by fire for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so, you, you know, the, the commission does, you mentioned budgets. That is a big thing that the commission has a say over. Obviously you don't have like final the city council ultimately gets to decide the budget, but as a commission member, right, you're able to make recommendations and kind of dive a little deeper into those numbers, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, maybe take us back a bit for more specifics, like what are some, like one or two examples of something tangible you all worked on as a commission this year? Well, I'll say we just had our meeting on Monday, uh, the first meeting of the year. And something tangible that came up that I think is very important as a former paramedic is the fact that we're not covering as much of the workman's comp uh, for people that get COVID um, in EMS as we are in the numbers of the other two departments. Hmm. And so we just had a really long discussion about why that might be, what what ways can we support our, our paramedics better? Um, and, uh, the meeting right before that I talked, I brought up a a personal safety issue, a community safety issue that I hear a lot about from the LGBTQIA community, uh, specifically the trans community came and did a presentation on some resolutions that they would like to see passed on, uh, being part of the conversation around, uh, reimagining public safety. Yeah. And so that, that kind of brings up an interesting thing, you know, as a border commission member, where do 
the are you kind of acting almost as a conduit a bit from the public and city council, right? Like you get to come up with your own ideas, but maybe people, you know, in the community can also talk to you. Maybe you're easier to get in contact with than a city council member. Is that kind of a fair interpretation? Yeah. And that's largely what drew, drew me to this. I think because of my history working within the system of EMS, I understand some of the ways that this information needs to translate into the city. And I was asked by folks uh, within the, uh, the EMS system to consider sitting on this board because they've not had a lot of paramedics on the board before. So they get to talk to me and other citizens talk to me. Uh, and I'm, I'm often that person people call and say, why is this happening to me? Uh, this is a concern for me. Right. And so that's the Public Safety Commission. And then you said um, you also serve on the HIV Planning com- Council. Yeah. Council. Um, which was kind of a, a last minute move as a result of my advocacy work. I am often consulted heavily on inclusion matters, um, especially when it comes to the black trans community of which I am well known uh, a member of some advocacy organizations larger than local. And so often uh, people ask us to come in and talk about some of the inclusion issues they need to consider for this community. And HIV uh, Planning Council is one of those those people that are seeking to add inclusion strategies as they move into their next funding cycle. So they, a lot of those members, other people from the community have asked me to consider sitting on that council because they don't have a lot of interaction from, um, from my community or other communities they'd like to talk to just to get some insight um, on how my access has personally been to services. Um, And a lot of people think that they have to be a member of certain communities to be a part of this, but there are pathways for advocates and and allies to this community to be a part of it. So I've just been sitting there with them for a very short time, maybe three months. They just got me, it was a much longer process of getting onboarded. But um, now that I'm there, I'm largely just there to answer very specific questions about inclusion that that we're seeing that we need. That's an interesting point, though, because I feel like that's another um, key role that these boards and commissions are supposed to play, emphasis on supposed to play, is 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 increasing the, um, you know, the diversity of who's engaged in our city council processes and, and hopefully allowing the opportunity for different communities' voices to be heard. Um, you know, I suppose that's also an argument for um, more people to apply <laughs> and think about, especially if you feel like your community is not being represented. I know it's a little more complicated than that, but um, that's that's the idea behind a board and commission, right? Or what, yeah. do, what do you think? I mean, yeah. I think that's how it was explained to me. I think it's also important what you're doing here, right? Because I did have to have a much longer conversation with commissioners I trusted, people in the community I trusted to get to this point. I didn't see anybody like myself up there, so I didn't necessarily see my place. And mm-hmm. they kind of helped me, like uh, council member Harper Madison helped me, council member Flanagan helped me understand why me being present would help others see that they could also have a position and what, what that looks like. Right. And can you talk a little little bit about, since we didn't have the chance to mention it, what does that HIV planning council um, do? What's its its task? Um, so, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty new to this one, but that one seems to be mostly focused on uh, the allocation of funds that come from all kinds of uh, uh, federally funded programming that is supposed to be targeted at reducing down to zero, or uh, I think it's... Um, um, fast track cities program that they're that they're a part of but they're trying to reduce 
um, overall HIV transmission and also resource allocation. They're trying to increase the resource allocation to um, lots of different communities that may not know all of the different resources that are here. And they're trying to um, bring people together to have community talks about the quality of that care and what needs to be changed as they're preparing the budgets for this next year. That's kind of what I'm understanding is like there, but their overall thing is to work on providing better services and care to people that are living with HIV or people that are uh, and the, the, the clinics and, and infrastructure that supports them. Um, and it's kind of a much bigger uh, thing because it's under the mayor directly. So it's mm. much more complex the way that they design that compared to a commission. And they have a whole website where I'm, I'm sure that I could um, read off a much better uh, uh, thing that they've set up that explains their exact mission. Um, but that's it in a nutshell. Okay. Yeah, we can include a link to the website um, when we yeah, post the, the podcast. And you know, I guess that just points to there are a wide variety of different boards of commissions. They have different, a lot of them have different jobs and roles. So you kind of have to play by ear, learn a little bit more about the one that you're most interested in. But in general, this is the idea behind them. They're these advisory um, um, boards and, and roles. And, and, you know, Rocky, you mentioned um, getting to this place where you felt like you could be part of this um, community. Can you talk a little bit about your own um background like an advocacy or professionalism you mentioned the EMS that brought you to here I think that might be helpful for people who are thinking like do I have the qualifications necessary or how do other people end up in this place where they feel like they're they're ready to apply yeah uh, I it took a long time for me to agree to come back into working in some of this stuff because I, I got out of it after working as a paramedic for several years within the city and where I got used to working with the city um, from a department level or an employee level or a citizen level was through my leadership in EMS and trying to fight for the rights of paramedics, uh, specifically um, their workers' rights um, through their association um, uh, that is now, you know, kind of a civil service organization um, that they get all their rights and, and uh, protections through. And I did a lot of work of getting that right to get um, civil service. And I also started the paramedic relief program. And it was kind of my my thing of finding gaps in, in care, gaps in, in something about something that wasn't working. And through my own experience of experiencing hardship, injury, things like that, and having to advocate for myself, kind of creating roadmaps through organizational bodies. That kind of led me into um, uh, later in life when I began transition, it led into them asking me to lead the largest trans-led and trans-focused organization in the state of Texas known as Transgender Education Network of Texas. And board leadership is kind of something that people do as an organi uh, organizer body. It looks different in some spaces, but generally you, you can kind of become a board member or you can serve as treasurer or, some, or, or something. And this was the first time I agreed to serve in an executive level, or sorry, in a, in a board chair position. Um, mm -hmm. And through that last two years, I've learned a lot about why it's important to work locally, regionally, federally, and so I decided in addition to working at the state level that I would come and agree because I know there's an inclusion issue in Austin. I know they specifically don't have a lot of leaders from our community that are giving them direct information and feedback. So things are coming out not as great. They have a great LGBT uh, quality of life council and things like that, but they still need more uh, diversity, right? So I saw that need. I just kind of went back to my old habit of filling the gap or the need. Like when you're a paramedic, you answer a 911 
call, maybe it's a diabetic, maybe you just give them medicine, you know, or take them to the hospital, right? Or maybe you give them medicine and you cook them dinner, you know, or cook them uh, breakfast. And that's that little extra gap in care that keeps them from having to go get another for form of help. You're already there. So I just kind of saw it as another opportunity to do that. Um, and it's been a very interesting learning process, but I'm also leaning heavily on people that I know in my community that have encouraged me along the way and told me the things I needed to know to be successful, the trainings and all of this. Yeah, that network of support is so key. You know, I think that for folks who maybe you have never been to a city meeting at all or, or listened in on it, sometimes the language they use is confusing <laughs> and weird. <laughs> it's like yeah, all like these. For real. Still though, you know, like I think people think I, I, I gotta be in here and I'm gonna know exactly what I'm doing, but it's like, it's definitely not built. Um, I mean, it's a system, so it's not necessarily built with us individually in mind. So people have told me I have a learning disability. I'm concerned I won't be able to read or whatever. And I just tell them I'm coming to it the same way you are. I'm taking it as I can. And I ask for help when I don't exactly know. And it's admitting what you don't know that gets you a lot farther than assuming that you know everything um, and working with the collective vision and the collective knowledge, you know, um, that kind of helps you stay on track, I think. Yeah. Have you found that some of your fellow board and commission members you've been able to ask questions of or, you know, they, they're kind of helping bring you into the group a bit? Yeah, it teaches you kind of how to network, you know, like I also have a huge music history background. So working in bands and groups and it's like you kind of have to network. You have to know where to go talk to folks. And it's not about asking them for something, but giving them value, getting value. It's very much like that. And Austin is good in that way. It still very, it still needs that inclusion piece. It still needs the cultural adaptations to make this feel accessible to the gra the grassroots groups that I think need the support um, and and do not have interest in this more systemic um, or systematic way of doing this. Um, we need a little more there. But yeah, I mean, I think that we, they are doing a great job of reaching and pulling. Like Huja is a great example of somebody who kind of you know said, I think you'd be great if you decided to do X Y Z, right? Like these people have just come along the way and, and given me that little nudge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. And, and this one's a little more of a, a boring or technical question, but I think it's a big one for people is like, what's the time commitment of being a board of commission member? I'm sure that plays into many people's decision of whether or not it's for them. I take that into consideration a lot. Um, I would say that right now I'm doing one two hour meeting a month for public safety commission. Uh, I think it happens the first Monday uh, of, of, of the month um, and uh, we get off on holidays and stuff. So it's been pretty, not that big of a problem. And I'm a non-voting member on HIV stuff. Um, so I can usually do most of that by email if I need to not make a meeting. Um, a lot of this stuff's recorded so you can review later, but there are some rules about how much you have to, how much you can miss. Um, so, uh, but it's pretty, it's pretty good. I think two hours a month so far um, on that one specific commission. Yeah. And, and right now all the meetings are remote, virtual. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, the, and that's based on the, the governor or no, the mayor. Um, I'm sorry. I'm like, what am I doing? The, uh, <laughs> the uh, governor, I'm right, uh, of Texas. Yeah. And then. Um, Abbott, Abbott, Abbott gets to decide if we have. Um, um, remote meetings or not and so yeah i mean city council i don't i think also is meeting remotely now too so. yeah 
yeah, I, I guess we just get an email every month that says you are still meeting virtually ah. and they expand. They just tell you. So I don't know when that'll end. I'm just, I don't, I don't know when it'll end. Uh-huh. And so, and so for you, you know, this is a time commitment and, a, you know, a regular commitment. It's like, why, what, what makes it worth it for you? What makes you interested in attending some of the meetings? You know, I've listened in on different city board and commission meetings, and some of them are um, really interesting, engaging. Some of them can be a little boring, but, <laughs> but for the most part, you know, like what, what for you is the draw? What's the appeal? Uh, I'm inspired by reimagining public safety. I think that there's a lot of people that have great ideas. Um, and I think that where I'm positioned right now, I have good insight. Um, I have good insight to provide um, the guidance that we might need to, to keep, follow through with some of those ideas that the community has asked for. Yeah, it feels like, you know, when, when you're thinking about doing something as a community that's um, big and, and maybe different than, than what's been done in the past, um, it can be hard, I think, for just like a city council as a body to make that change or like a government institution to make that change without strong community leadership. You know, the, the, the incentive is just not is just not there. So um, it seems like, you know, all of these boards and commissions have been you know, for a lot of people, maybe who have just been following it on the news, it seems like it all just happened recently, but they've been working on these issues for, for years. Years, 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 years. And, and the information we just heard in the racial profiling report alone from Monday, I think is compelling enough for anyone that, you know, there's people telling me they're leaving this city because they're worried about their personal safety, things like that. I think it's worth people looking at what we're finding and why we're moving in the directions that we are, um, especially now. I've lived here most of my life. I grew up in this town. I deeply love it. And I, I want to fight for it for the same reasons that everyone does. Um, and this is just one of those ways that I'm doing it. Yeah. And so for folks who are thinking about becoming a border commission member, what, what advice do you have for them, especially those that maybe have not been as engaged in these traditional government processes in, in the past? It can be really um, difficult to feel like, is this for me? Am I welcome here? Am I um, qualified? You know, I think there's people are always like, I don't know if, you know, what, what kind of advice do you have for folks who are, are thinking about it? I think the number one advice is reach out to someone that you see doing it. Try to look at some of the former meeting, meetings that are available as part of the Open Meetings Act so you can watch all of that. Um, try to get an idea of where you might, um, where people might be sharing similar values as you um, or goals as you and go and speak to them and, and ask for the help you need along the way. That, that would be uh, what I would suggest. Um, and then know that the process does require a couple of things, almost like applying for a job. Uh, so it does take some doing uh, and prepare for that. But once you're in, you're kind of in. So I recommend that people just use the resources they have to, to get there. Yeah, it is this uh, person to person um, bit a bit more. It is like you mentioned, a good way to, I guess, build, build up your your community of, of folks in town that care about the same things that you do, um, which is cool. Yeah, we are just citizens. So people can reach out directly to their commissioners, even their council members. I do that often. <laughs> uh, yeah. And <laughs> I know the people that I trust in this community that are organizers and, and great leaders, they do the same thing. They talk to them often. Um, yeah. So. And, and you mentioned, you know, that your focus has been on an inclusion. And, you know, we talked a little bit about 
these boards and commissions and you're right. I mean, a lot of the way they're structured, even the application online, it's like, you know, it can be a little bit bureaucratic. What, what kind of things like in your ideal world, do you feel like we could do as a city to open these up a bit? Because they do sometimes also have this tendency to be like, it's the same old people, you know, and some of them, and it's like, what are some things, you know, you would like to see us doing that maybe could make them a little more accessible? (laughs) This is really my secret sauce. You know, this is this is what uh, I'm giving you all of the secrets right now. <laughs> you know, you got to use the people that you want to see to be the conduits or the beacons of opportunity that you want to see uh, uh, shine. So uh, by the simple act of me being the first, maybe, I don't know, Black trans person to be seated, seated at this place or this place, that gives all the other folks that we have in grassroots organizations, um, right, uh, an opportunity to see exactly where to go. Um, So I am doing, I am basically crafting it from the inside out. I dive in, I decide what might be too much of a a barrier, and then I directly bust it. That's what I do. So I will walk somebody through on a Zoom call, especially now during COVID. I will sit there with them and I will show them where to go on the website, click through with them, show them exactly how to sign up. I will help them write their recommendations. We have helped each other almost like, you know, like leapfrogged each other. Uh, I work with Austin Black Pride. I helped, I helped the founder of that get onto a commission. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's about helping them understand where to position. And I'm very, very intentional with that work. I talk to people about this a lot. Somebody at more, the number one question I get from the community is how can I help? How can I get involved? So I literally walk them through it step by step. I think the city should 100% consider doing something of that nature uh, pretty regularly. That would be my recommendation right now. That's great. I love that. As someone else who loves to tell people about how, you know, help them get more engaged in the city, I, I read that resonates with me. I think it is yeah. so much just building the community. I mean, if your friends are engaged, then you're engaged and it makes it easier, you know, and it should be something that involves that community component where it's a little more human and less like blah, paperwork or whatever. <laughs> like it's people, right? Like we're yeah. a community. So it, yeah, I love that. It's an executive um, dysfunction thing, you know, um, mm-hmm. people are in crisis right now, especially. So walking them into, you know, their liberation and into their hope um, is very important. So um, thank you for the work you do. I, I looked over your, your site. I've heard of you many times. I, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk this out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to give us all that information for your service on the boards or commissions. It is a big commitment and and it's so needed. So thank you so much for uh, everything that you do. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Another great conversation with one of our city's amazing board and commission members. Okay, so before we close things out, we're going to listen in on one last interview. This one is a short clip from an interview I recorded with council member Leslie Poole near the end of 2020. I'd like to know if people would like to serve on boards and commissions. That's a great point. Can you let people know what those are and how they can apply for those or let you know? You bet. If you go to austintexas.gov and you um, do a search on boards and commissions, you will come up uh, with the city clerk's page. And there's a little scroll box. You'll find 60 to 75, maybe even 100 different um, boards and commissions and task forces, anything and everything that's, that's 
been in place for the last 20 years probably are on there, including some groups that are no longer active. But um, you can see documents going back numerous years on meetings and reports that were um, issued. You can see uh, dates for meetings and agendas. And you can also decide if, if you would like to serve on one of those boards or commissions and just let me know. I, will, I am looking right now, in fact, at the lineup of folks who have been my appointees for the last six years, and I've got a couple of vacancies. I've got some folks who um, are looking to do something different, uh, some people who want to move from one position to another. So my staff and I are going to be working this month on kind of reviewing that list and giving new people new opportunities, because I'm also always thinking in terms of building the bench. We really need to always be very present-minded um, to make sure that the talent in our, in our city, which is vast, that those people who have even a little bit of interest in municipal governance are given an opportunity to kind of get more involved in ways that are really worthwhile. And boards and commissions and task forces, whether they're short-term or long-term, are always a great way to go. And, I say that as somebody who kind of built my, my knowledge of the city, which made my running in 14 for city council kind of vaulted me to the top two people was the fact that I had served on a, about a half a dozen different boards and commissions over about 10 years. I was on the arts commission. Um, I chaired the technology um, and regulatory commission, which has a different name now, but it's te telecommunications and technology. And I was on the Water Wastewater Commission and the Downtown Commission. And then I served on a couple of task forces and uh, two or three bond advisory committees at a citizen level, both for Travis County and for the city of Austin. And so the work is, is pretty complicated and multi-layered. There's a lot of it. No one day is ever the same. And we deal with issues that literally go from A to Z. And the way to kind of get your arms around all of that, just the knowledge base, because you need it, is, to, um, is just to get involved civically in any of these appointments. And, um, and I would be so grateful to have people let me know that they're interested uh, and we'll find a place for them uh, to give them a chance. Yeah, that's great. And just one last point on that. You know, a lot of times I, I'm always doing a lot of civic engagement work in the community and encouraging folks to get involved in boards and commissions or reach out to their council member. Since I've got you here, can you let people know how you uh, take in that information? You know, I think sometimes people are worried like, oh, is the council member even going to listen to me? Or, you know, is my, is my voice matter? Can you talk about from your role, like how you bring in that you know, citizen input or listen to those boards and commissions? Like, how does that impact your job? Right. Well, um, of course, emails and, and phone mail and, and just reaching out to me, uh, you know, when people see me on the street is, is always good. And I've got a staff and they help with uh, talking to folks and kind of figuring things out. And I'm not always able to be in every, I can't be in every single meeting. We have so many of them. And i Oftentimes, I'm not able to actually have that initial conversation with people, but my staff is there and, and we catch it all or as much of it as we, as we possibly can. And um, even if, if this has occurred to me, even if you haven't heard back from me, it isn't that I haven't seen or read your email 
and, and, and know that something's going on. We have such an influx. So this summer with the police stuff, we had over 40,000 emails wow. to our individual email boxes in the space of about eight weeks. And wow. honestly, we, it, it was like, it was hard to manage. That's so unusual, but it just speaks to the fact that people were really engaged and we were reading this stuff and I was responding, you know, we did sort it out and I had to just say, okay, I'm only going to have the staff bandwidth and my bandwidth to, to respond to people in district seven, but surely they would be able to share my emails back. And so we did a, a whole lot of that over the summer. And that's pretty much part of the course, just responding to correspondence. And, and I was, I was saying, even if you didn't hear from me, it's not that I didn't hear, hear you and know what was going on, but sometimes circumstances are such that, Oh, you know, we just didn't get to everything. But the, the intention is there and the goodwill is there. Yeah, so. there are ears on the other side listening. Uh, absolutely, yes. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's always great to chat with you, Amy. I'm glad you're doing well. <laughs> you as well. Wow, some great tips there. Again, if you live in Councilmember Leslie Poole's district, you can contact her at leslie.poole at austintexas.gov and let her know you're interested in a border commission seat. And if you live in a different council district, you can find their contact info by visiting austintexas.gov or by calling 311. And just a little pro tip, most city employees' email addresses are simply their first name, dot their last name, at austintexas.gov. So that might make it a bit easier for you as well. And to find a full list of all the city boards and commissions and fill out the online application form, you can visit austintexas.gov slash department slash boards dash and dash commissions. And just one last bit of advice. If you're thinking about applying to a city board and commission, please do apply. This is your city and your community and your voice really does matter. And if you feel like you need a little help along your way, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out. Uh, just shoot us a, a message on Instagram at the underscore Austin underscore common. And I promise we'll answer you and, uh, you know, answer any questions that you might have. All right. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us.